My name is Belinda Granger and I'm the professional liaison for Challenge Family. I'm also known throughout the triathlon world as being a bit of a mother hen to the pro athletes. Of course, given the current circumstances, I've been thinking about the athletes a lot lately. So we came up with the idea of Coffee Calls with Belinda, which basically gives me and you an opportunity to check in with them all and see how they're all going. So welcome to the official Challenge Family podcast. I think it's time for a coffee. And welcome back to Coffee Calls with Belinda. Today I have got a very special guest all the way from Germany. Uh, I've known this particular person for quite a few years now and I've seen her go from being a a good professional athlete to a phenomenal professional athlete. So I would like to welcome Daniela Blomel. Welcome, Danny. Uh, Good morning, Belinda. (laughs) Thank you very much um, for having me and also for... Yeah, for this really nice introduction. The introduction? Oh, you deserve it. And funny, it's, it always, it just, it continually spins me out when I, I speak to anyone in Europe when you say good morning. Um, often with my, my team calls with Challenge Family, they're on a Monday night and, of course, they're just starting work. It's at 9 o'clock in the morning. But for me, you know, it's at, at 6 o'clock at night. So it's it's always so weird that we're just that 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 day ahead of you guys. But, yeah, it's, it's what, 10 o'clock in the morning over there right now on Monday morning? Ah, oh, sorry, Monday morning, Thursday morning. For you it might be 1 o'clock. And yeah, I, 1 o'clock, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know I me too well. Think, uh, with, uh, yeah, with my coffee for real, so this actually uh, is perfect. <laughs> well, as I was saying to you before when I when I first called, it, it was it's supposed to be coffee calls with Belinda and it still is for – for a good chunk of the time, but when I'm now that I'm interviewing more and more European pro athletes, uh, it's always the way that it's morning for you. So you've got your your, your morning coffee, but it's nighttime for me. So I've got my little sneaky glass of red. But it seems to be working quite well now. So I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it rolling at that for for the for the foreseeable you, future. You deserve it for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just actually got back from my uh, morning swim, and you might remember Daniel Schmoll. Uh, he was there. Oh yes, of course, yeah. And um, I told him, "Oh, I have to hurry up. I'm I'm uh, having a podcast with Belinda." And he said, um, "Oh, in English?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think she wants to talk uh, <laughs> in German." German. But um, what uh, he said um, that you you really like to talk German. So what I was uh, thinking um, as. I am the first German you are interviewing, I, I guess. That's right. I, you are. You have. You definitely have that crown, yes. <laughs> it's actually um, the perfect opportunity to show your German skills. <laughs> what to, to sprechen Sie Deutsch. Well, Danny, meinen Deutsch ist nicht so gut. <laughs> and seeing that I'm not getting back there this year, although if my homestay family uh, that I've stayed with for the last, I think, coming up, I don't know, close to 20 years now, something like that, um, if in in Roth, if they were listening to this, they would be laughing because I think I have promised them now for at least twelve years. I have promised that one year I will eventually come back to Germany and I will be able to speak fluent German. It has not happened yet because you all speak English too well. You make it too easy for me. That's been the problem. I blame you. Well, I will do my best. I I I can't do it as fast as you, but. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best. And, um. and I promise I will not speak too quickly. But, you know, as I said, your English is fantastic, Danny. You should be um should be proud. Nearly all the German athletes I speak to, I think because you travel so much, um, your, your English is fantastic. So you don't need to worry about that. 
yeah, actually, I'm I'm losing all the other. <laughs> it, it, back at school, I also spoke French quite quite well, but it's gone. <laughs> so, well, I have to stick to English. But yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, that, I'm glad that you're speaking English because my other languages are terrible. So <laughs> at least you can speak English. Now, Danny, how has it been for you in Germany? I mean, when I've been speaking to athletes all around the globe, um, obviously we've been talking about what's been going on this year, which, of course, has been the craziest year for all of us. Uh, where's Germany at right now in terms of getting back to normality? Well, define normality. But yeah, I guess, well, I guess true. we're on, on quite a good way back. Um, yeah, it, I think actually it was pretty much the place to be because, um, of course, on the one hand, Everything changed from from today until until tomorrow. But um, yeah, actually, if I look at the other uh, countries, I think we really can't complain. So we we could still still go outside, which is something I just cannot imagine not going outside. So no. um, yeah, that was probably um, especially in that at that time of the year, which is my favorite time, um, spring, and um, yeah, when everything. Start to, yeah, to live. You want you just want to go outside. So I think we really cannot complain. But um, of course, there are still a lot of uh, things that are not normal. Like for me, the most frustrating thing from right from the beginning was was the school. Um, yes, of course. Yep. My my son is in the third degree of primary school now, and um, since March. He's been there three times, so today actually is a very special day. He's um, there for the third time now, <laughs> today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is he, is he, he's back at school now? Yeah, today. Today, today was first day. Third school day. And next week, actually, the, the school is starting like, like normal, so they open it. But it's only two weeks until the holidays. So oh, okay. Much, oh, no. uh, yeah, pretty much the second half of the school year is gone, you could say. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, it's it's been the same here too. And of course your son Marlon, he's he's nine years old. Um and they love school because that's where their friends are. They they enjoy school, they enjoy routine, particularly at that age. So I know that a lot of a lot of the athletes, for example, Luke and Beth McKenzie over here who have two young girls, that was a big issue for them as well when, when schools were closed and it's really difficult. So I, I've met your son many times and he's a, he's a very good boy. So I think you're lucky that you've got a really a really good young boy, but he must be really excited to be going back to school, even if it is only for two weeks. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And like I said, this was the most frustrating or most sad, saddest, yeah, the saddest yep. for me to see because I think it's an age where he really needs other kids around yes. him. And um, yeah, of course, he missed his, his soccer, uh, football training and yeah, just his friends. And he, he wasn't allowed to go, go uh, yeah, seeing his friends. And that, you, yeah, homeschooling and all this, it, it was just very hard to see and I don't know it of course um I I was I haven't when when all that started I was I wasn't in top shape but I was in quite quite a good shape already and uh, yeah ready to get uh, the season started at uh, Challenge Salou so pretty much done with the winter preparation and 
yeah, from from one day until the other day, we were sitting at home and um, uh, yeah, trying to do the homeschooling thing. So everything changed from yeah. In, in, uh, it was it was a pretty dramatic change in a very short amount of time. I know myself. Um, I still remember it clearly. I was commentating at the Malula Bar Olympic Distance Triathlon, which is a huge race here on the Sunshine Coast, and that was mid March. And we basically got that race in and then everything just shut down and it was every race was being cancelled left, right and centre. And and I remember just sitting down and thinking, is this actually really happening? I, I, I think it took all of us I, like a, at least a good two to three weeks to realise that this is real and it's really going on. But um, it was interesting to chat to you earlier when you said, that, you know, obviously at the beginning of, there was nothing but frustration. But then I think once you came to terms with it, it was just about focusing on what you were able to do. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I never had a problem to find motivation for training, but still, because, and that's actually quite a nice thing. So I, mm. I felt that I really do it because I just love to do it. So that was actually yeah. quite a nice thing to, uh, to, to experience. But yeah, of course, the frustration, like, um, I don't know, I guess everyone is different. So it's, I think that the hard part is that it's not something that you can draw on experience. So you, um, yeah, you, you have to, it's, it's a roller coaster every day. Yeah. And one day you think, okay, maybe next week there will be some, some, uh, yeah, some perf uh, some, some good news and it's, it's going to be, going to be back to normal normality. And then you think there might be no races at all this year. I don't know. No. It's very no. tough. I I think that's been the hardest thing for all athletes because if it had been uh, a situation where they actually said to you, okay, I'm telling you all now there will be no races in 2020, I think then at least you can all get your head around it, plan appropriately and then focus on 2021. But I think the not knowing and having some races, yes, they're looking likely to go ahead, then no, they're not. I think that's what's causing so much frustration and not just with, with professional athletes and racing triathlon, but with every yeah. every job and every facet and, every, and even people wanting to travel overseas for holidays or for work. Um, so yeah. that's the frustrating thing, just not knowing. And at the end of the day, we still don't know. That's the biggest or yeah. the hardest thing for me, you know. But, but, the hardest thing. Last time, that time of the year, I, I already had four races, four middle distances on my... Races done. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It would be Ironman Frankfurt, which would, would be my first uh, main race full distance race yeah and when was that supposed to be what uh, that was supposed to be next week so oh that was that so that's next week wow, wow. So oh it's crazy goals being postponed and still i mean actually you gave me my motivation back last week when we were um texting about challenge submarine which uh, mm. might be at least a pro race like i mean I, of course i would like to have it normal and for everyone being able to race. But right now I would be just really thankful if there is any race. So exactly. Great. Yeah. It's looking good. It's looking good for um, the championship, but as a pro race, and I think the whole team at challenge, they realize the struggle that most professional athletes are going through. Triathletes are going through right now. So if they can look at putting one on, then they will. I mean, we're making the decision at the beginning of July, but, I am crossing my fingers, toes, and everything else that that race goes ahead. <laughs> yeah, same here. 
that that would be so great if if challenge family could yeah could organize that I oh would. no absolutely because that somehow it's it's like it's only 10 weeks which is yeah a period you can control somehow so yes. I, you could i mean we are keeping training on quite a stable level but um, still have room to build up but we haven't started like i feel like no. i want to do the race specific training but um, i mean not of course yet. we are not <laughs> waiting but uh, yeah we are working on the weaknesses and but i think the most important thing is to stay mentally hungry if you if you train the whole time um you will be tired when it's actually yeah. starting again so um that's yeah i think that's important so not to train too much but when you know in 10 weeks there will be a race that yeah. Would, yeah makes it a lot easier it's really interesting you say that, Danny, because uh, of all the athletes I've been speaking to, that's exactly what their coaches have been getting them to do is just getting them to a level, a really solid base level. So not your normal base level, but a really solid base level. So putting in a few test sessions every now and again, um, but nothing too crazy. But then, yeah, exactly, when you actually know and you, you've got X amount of weeks out, this race is definitely going ahead then you've got time to do those race-specific sessions. But it, you're dead right. It's all about keeping that hunger and not not going too crazy. So talking about that, have you been? Have you done any of the Zwift races that have been up or, or any of the online racing that's been going on? I mean, some athletes seem to love it and there are other athletes that are like, no, nah, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm not interested. Yeah, no. <laughs> to be honest, I, I can understand that you need or you, you feel – uh, motivated by by these races or by yeah by doing yeah. Uh, yeah. races every once in a while, but to be honest, I I just want to be ready when it's <laughs> when it's real. when it's when yeah. the real things yeah. happening exactly. Yeah. Now you're like me. I'm no, I'm old school. I'm oh. the same. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, and I at the beginning I really had enough challenges in my everyday life so yes yes exactly it's like uh, being yeah on swift but i can totally understand if uh, athletes um, are looking for for things like that but i've got a new um coach since since november it's um Mario oh. from frankfurt and so we actually already changed a lot of things or my, my training did change quite a bit and um, i didn't need like new virtual <laughs> races or anything so we, we still got enough um work to do <laughs> wow that's interesting i didn't realize that's well that see that's motivation itself so you've already had some great big changes this year yeah and actually that was also a reason why i was so frustrated in the beginning oh, yeah. like i said it wasn't the top shape of course it was march but i was still um or already feeling uh very well prepared after so we, we've really been working very good in the winter and I was just yeah happy to show and had had some really nice races planned of course <laughs> so yeah and things changed but yeah. Danny obviously I know I've, I've met you many times now and I've seen you in, in in Challenge Roth but I don't really know that much about your past so did you always did you grow up in a sporty household? Were you always into sport? Um, or is triathlon something you took up later in life? Were you ever an age grouper and then turned to professional triathlon? Um, I tried to do a little bit of research, but I couldn't find too much um, on your history. 
Um, well, no, I, I grew up uh, with the sport, so I, um, I, yeah, was a swimmer as, as a kid. I, I, I've got a swimming background, actually, and um, started with triathlon, or I did my first kids' triathlon when I was 11 years old, <laughs> and then I did swimming until 14, 15, and from there on I started um, doing the short distance and also, like, the German Bundesliga and some... Yeah, some some non-drafting Olympic distances, but um, the real uh, yeah idea to <laughs> become a professional um, or actually to have a professional license. This was the first idea was um, in Nusa. So I did after. <laughs> so actually at your home. <laughs> no way. Because um, after after school, that uh, was in 2008. I spent eight months um, in Australia. And the last two months, I did um, yeah some training. Uh, so that was when we when we first met in in That's right. Yeah, I can barely rem- I can barely remember that. What what year was that, Danny? Uh, that was uh, must have been uh, two thousand nine. Wow! And That's actually, that- just, I can't <laughs> believe I didn't remember that. That's crazy. Uh, <sighs> that was the beginning, actually, because yes. I found out um, that it's really nice to combine traveling with training and just yeah that kind of lifestyle so that was when I first came to my mind that I want to try this out for a few years but uh, yeah yeah, well two years later I (laughs) I was pregnant and um, so this was uh, yeah the real start because I was supposed to come into the newcomer team of my main sponsor Erdinger Alkoholfein and then I had to had to tell them that they need to wait another year. Just have to wait a little bit. <laughs> I would want to come back. And yeah, then it all. I, the actually the pregnancy was the first time when I really felt um, like missing the sport because I grew up with it but never did it like I, I didn't do it professionally. But I felt that I really miss it. And yeah, after that I did. Some uh, or my my strength has always been on the on the longer distances. So I did my first uh, long distance in 2012, and then I was in yeah in the professional team from there on from 2013, and yeah until today it's my main sponsor. And like <laughs> I know actually I was gonna I was actually gonna talk about that a little later on in the, in, in on the call that yeah Erding has been I, I know it's been your sponsor probably long it's your longest standing sponsor I would say yes yeah yeah, yeah that's true yeah. that's pretty impressive now what age were you when you did your first full distance triathlon um well pretty early I was 23 yeah um, and that was because I was on the yeah pretty much on the step whether I can do it as a or whether I can try it as a full-time athlete um or if I have to do yeah, something else. So to have Marlon, he was uh, one year old and wow. um, uh, yeah, triathlon. So they, they wouldn't fit another project in my life. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I wanted to try whether, yeah, if I can, if I can um, do it or not. So I tried the full distance because it, I think it changed a little bit, but um, back at the time it was um, that you kind of have to do the full distance to be, uh, in the team, or it was rather yeah okay yeah it, it changed a little bit, um, but yeah, I mean if if I if I could change, I would probably 
try if you look at from the um, from from the sporting perspective I would probably um, looking back I would probably do three three years more on the on the shorter distances shorter di on the middle distance yeah yeah I don't yeah, think yeah. The question really is there because um, I wouldn't be here <laughs> if I if no. I had tried so I'm really happy uh, how everything has unfolded. And it doesn't seem to have done you any harm. I mean, definitely the, the full distance is your distance. I mean, yeah. you're definitely you're, you're a great athlete over the middle distance too. There's no doubt about that. But um, I mean, you've won you've won four full distance races now already. How many of you? How many full distance races have you done all up? Um, I think fourteen or fifteen. Already, wow, wow, and four four wins, of course. Yeah. But I have to admit, the for me personally, because I was there, and this, and I've been in the sport now, Danny, for oh gosh, 22, 23 years, maybe a few more. One of the most spectacular finishes, whether it be male or female, had to be two thousand and eighteen Challenge Roth. Yeah, yeah. That finish between you, I, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Stop it. Um, that finish between you and Lucy Charles Barclay was nothing short of phenomenal. I yeah. mean, is will that go down as one of the, the greatest races you've ever had? Yeah, definitely. So if I was able to actually draw my perfect race, this might be this. The closest one. Always, you never have 100% in every um, discipline. So, of course, I could have swam, uh, swam a little faster and maybe nutrition could have worked better. I, I lost it yeah. after after the first yeah. hour on the bike but um, yeah how the day unfolded and how Lucy helped me to push myself um, to the yeah to, to my limit this was uh, this is I think what it's all about and um, my whole family was there and it was just perfect conditions and yeah if I could uh, if I was able to draw the perfect race day I think and it was rough of course so um, yeah it's always pretty special. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I was there. I was there when Chrissy Wellington set the fastest time. I was there when Jan Fredino set the fastest time, and they were both incredible. I'm not. I'm. I mean, honestly, they were phenomenal. But for me personally, like you said, for me, racing is all about racing and pushing yourself and having other athletes push you to your absolute best. So for me personally, the race between yourself and Lucy Charles Barclay in 2018 far surpasses any race that I've ever witnessed. Um, nine seconds, I think, was in the end. Nine <laughs> seconds. And I can I, I still have it vividly in my memory, the, the both of you crossing the finish line, of course, you first and then Lucy, and just collapsing. And honestly, I, I know that picture. I've seen it, and I've seen it a million times, and it was absolutely incredible. Incredible. I, 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 I admit it, I, cry, I cried. <laughs> but because I was just so, I think the, the stadium at that particular point in time was just so electric um, and none of us, none of us knew who yeah. was going to take out the win. I mean, and I, I think oh, it was just such a relief. I mean, that's why I think we all just cried at the end because it was, <laughs> it was exhausting. You know, it was, it was just incredible, really incredible. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. of course a very good memory. And of yeah. course was, that wasn't your fastest time. I mean, I know times are, uh, I, I've never been a timed-based person. I'm not saying they're not they're not relevant, but 
Um, to me, it was it's always always about finish position, irrelevant of time. Yeah. But I mean, I think you went eight forty three forty two. I know your bet your fastest time is eight forty two. Um, that's pretty quick, Danny. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, at that year in two thousand eighteen, it was a little bit about time because I I told uh, or I said um, before the race, I said I want to. Um, break the German record, which that's right. And what eight, was the German record at that time? I think of eight forty-seven. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, of course, four four months later, already <laughs> Laura Philip, um, and one year later, Anna Haug, um, uh yeah, got an, a new record, which is uh, a lot faster again. Again, a lot uh, quite. I think eight thirty-one or something, but. Like you said, it's it's usually it is not about times, but it's about it's about the race. But at that year, somehow it was. I, I just felt um, that I can do it, and I wanted to. Um, yeah, of course, it was a little bit more pressure for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But especially that point made it um, that I, yeah that I knew I can do it, and I, then it was a race like that. Um, it was. Uh, very special for me. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about that, and and we and again, as I said, you know, times, you know, I don't think they should be the sole focus, but definitely, you know, to be the fastest German. And even though you've you've just said that that time's been broken again by Laura Philippe and also Anna Hag, Anne Hag, but at the end of the day, you started the ball rolling. So it's it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, you set a new benchmark, and and this seems to be exactly what's happening in particularly for the women in long-distance racing right now. Um, <laughs> ever since we had Chrissy Wellington who said, you know what, we need to up our game. And since that day, the women have been upping the game, you know, obviously with Daniela again, it, everyone. And it's almost like you're you're all realising now as women that maybe you just weren't uh, pushing yourselves or, or getting out of yourselves what, what you could. And now it's like, you know what, no holds barred. New benchmarks, and and we are going to we are going to go faster, and the, and to see the women's racing over the last ten to fifteen years, it's been truly unbelievable. The, the the difference, you know, I remember the times when it was amazing for a female to break nine hours. Now yeah. it's like, well, that's just the done thing. That's just if if you don't do that, then what are you? So I think it's incredible. So we, in some ways, I'd like to say times are not relevant, but on a, on my other, on the other hand, I, I think that they're important because they set new benchmarks. And and right now, German long distance triathletes are the greatest triathletes in the world. There's no doubt. So it's pretty incredible. What what are you doing over there? Why are you so good? Do you, do you know what the magic answer is here? Because you know, obviously, we know that Chrissy Wellington and we know that the UK athletes are also very very good long distance athletes. But right. Here and now, it's the German females that that are dominating long distance triathlon. Yeah, well, it's a good question. Um, I think it is a little bit what we just were just talking about that um, other athletes are helping you to push yourself to your limit. So, um, of course, it is not about times, and you cannot compare the races, but. Actually, every day it is about time. So you're training, yeah, 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 training, yeah. and always, uh, yeah, looking at, at your watch and watches, yeah, comparing. And I think um, I, I'm trying not to um, 
because I'm rather a race person, not so much a training champion, <laughs> I would no. say. So um, I'm, I'm trying not to be influenced by that too much. But of course, it also helps um, to be motivated so and to yeah to really push myself that if you see when you see, see there the others are so yeah getting so strong you have to have to do the same so exactly um, still you have to do your your own or go your yeah your own way of course in, in training ways but um of course I want to want to be one of the best in the world and um <laughs> that's that's why I'm yeah doing it like 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 um yeah every day <laughs> no it's well it's working because uh you know i think about kona last year um and the, it was the german females that were really dominating i mean you had the second fastest bike split just just the second fastest uh, behind laura philippe you two were phenomenal on the bike last year and I was at home here and I don't think I left my computer screen all day uh, watching and it was just, it was fantastic to see. Um, you just, you we have an expression, you know, took the bull by the horns and you just went with it and, um, okay, you finished in ninth. But for me, in this day and age, to finish top ten at the Ironman World Championships is, it puts you in a special group. Um, but you really, you changed the race by the way that you rode and, and also Laura as well. Was that the plan? Did you expect, did you expect to be up at the pointy end of the field, field so early on and, and did you expect to ride that well? I mean, I know you're a fantastic bike rider, but we're talking about the best female athletes in the world here. Well, actually, the plan was to swim faster. A bit faster, yeah, okay. Fair, fair call. <laughs> not, not, not having to write. Uh, so hard. Uh, yeah, of course, the, the other plan or the main plan was to um, to be in the front after the bike or as close as possible. Um, and for me, of course, the, well, for me, the, the biggest challenge, or I think for, for most of us, it is um, to bring it all together and the run was I didn't have my my yeah I didn't have a good run, but still I was um, very happy with that race because it was my second it was only my second um, time in Kona and the first time was a disaster so three years earlier in 2016 I ended up in hospital and um, had was last pro <laughs> female. Wow! Wow! So, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. so I did have a little trauma from that from that. And yeah, I wasn't sure um, if I can do it at all. So I was really doubting before um, if I can, yeah, if it's going to happen again or whatever. Um, so I was happy that I, I, can, I, I, can, I, I saw that I, I can do it. And um, yeah. next time I will <laughs> try to, uh, yeah, do the first plan to swim faster and to be in front from the beginning and then <laughs> maybe also have some power left for the run. So that would be the run. for, for of course, for February. <laughs> well, any, anyone that knows you, Dan Daniela, knows that you are an exceptional runner. So, and, and Kona is one of those funny races that it, you know, it really does take time to to adapt and, and to work that race out. So, yeah, I have no, I have no doubt that you'll uh, – You'll be back there and you'll be able to get that run that we know you can have. Now, speaking about Kona, obviously now with the announcement that it's, we're having two world championships next year, 
Obviously, Kona this year has been cancelled. So next year in February and also in October. So will the plan be? And this is it's interesting because it's going to be the first time for Europeans, you know, you're going to have to train through winter. Um, I know everyone on this side of the of the world is all excited about it because finally they get to train throughout summer. But what will this be like for you if you are planning on doing going to Kona next year twice? Um, it's going to be very interesting for all the Europeans and how they're going to prepare uh, for yeah. racing in February. So that's a really good question, and it is, yeah, of course, Kona in February is a big challenge for us. But um, I, I am me or me personally, I am I'm happy for any race happening in the next yeah. future. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I wouldn't complain if there are two world championships because, um, yeah, first they have to happen at all. <laughs> and yeah. um, secondly, um, yeah, I I mean, it's it's the same for everybody, everybody. I mean, there are like 10 or 15 pros in a really good position who are already qualified and who can maybe, if there is, race for October, a qualifying race for for October 21, they can do that now and be already being qualified for both. So that's, I think that's the, both, the best position. But I have to qualify for February, have to do another qualifying race for October. So I would do four long distance races um, mm. in about 10 months, which I usually would not do. But um, yeah. yeah, but from from now, I think um, I will definitely try to qualify for February. Um, see how I can go there, and maybe Ironman will find another qualifying mode. Just because I, I I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, no. <laughs> so they no. I think definitely not. They do have to find another um, yeah idea for for the pros, but. Um, like I said, it's it's not just my problem. So I no, no, exactly. And and it's funny you, you you've you've mentioned a really important point there because for a lot of females, uh, they're used to doing you know a minimum of two to three full distance races a year. But for a lot of our pro men, um, you think of the likes of someone like Jan Fredino, and we're talking two uh, a validation race and then and then the real deal in October. So. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what the qualification system will be. I mean, none of us know what that is yet. Um, and you're right; it's going to it's going to make a big difference to next year's races and and what races that a lot of the professional athletes do choose. But talking about races, how does a professional athlete? So obviously, for a lot of age group athletes, they've got their normal jobs to go to, um, and racing is just something they do and I don't just like to say for fun but something because a lot of our age group athletes take it quite seriously as well and we've got some phenomenal age group athletes out there but at the end of the day they don't rely on racing financially like our professional athletes do so obviously this first half of the year's been is gone but have your have you and your coach actually sat down and actually written up a race schedule for the remainder of the year? Is that something that you want to do? Knowing knowing full well that at the end of the day there may not be any races, but is it something that you still plan for? Yeah, of course we are. Um, yeah. Right now sitting and waiting every day for the decision about Ironman Frankfurt because that's what that was actually the race. Ah, okay. It's um, 
postponed but not yet uh, said whether it's going to take place or not so until this decision is made i i am not yeah thinking about other races but of course maybe i i would prefer the, the european ones so right now if you think yeah if if they happen i don't know but maybe hamburg um Klagenfurt, austria i'm in austria or i'm in nice so those three races would be possible for february um but of course i yeah it's i mean i i would definitely only do one and if it's not um if if i don't if i'm not qualified after that i wouldn't do another one because then no. I'm, I'm doing five elements no, but um, yeah i I prefer to start a normal season with a 70.3 race. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping for <laughs> challenge summary right now. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Like, it feels like ages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right last time. So, um, yeah, we are, we are, of course, we are... Um, uh, watching and uh, looking <laughs> looking up what about the decisions, but haven't made a race plan yet, as there are no clear uh, decisions. Decisions made. And, of course, you've raced really, really well at the championship before. Um, third place there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, <laughs> I did have a time penalty <laughs> last year and didn't find the penalty tent after, because I was um, after the... After the bike, I um, drew. I, I rode over the line, so I had oh, to. Oh, okay. Had to sit uh, thirty seconds, but I didn't find the the tent, or I didn't know where it was. <laughs> um, so I yeah lost. I guess one one minute thirty, and then yeah, I was. That was me. So yeah, I lost the fight about uh, place place about the second place, <laughs> but, but still, I, I really like uh, that one because. Um, yeah, you have the 20 meter uh, drafting zone, or maybe this year it's even more. I don't know. <laughs> Might be. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, it's only if, if we have the race. Obviously, it's just the professional athletes, so we can we can make it even longer if we need to. But it, it'll be. It's it's always a very very fair race. I like. That's what I love the most about that race there. And of course, it's a very fast uh, bike uh, part, which I like. <laughs> so I did uh, two hours seven minutes for the for the 90k. Wow, that's flying. I'm out. Be keen to do it uh, a little bit faster. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to take place. Me too. Uh, well, we've only got a couple of weeks to wait because I know that they, they're going to make the final decision right at the beginning of July. So I'm really hoping that that, that race goes ahead for yeah. sure. Now, Danny, I wanted to talk to you. Obviously, um you're in a special situation and, and I'm not saying you're the only one there's quite a few of our professional female athletes out there that have children um but it's not a common thing so obviously you have a nine-year-old son um you're a professional athlete let's think of the normal world or what we what we knew as the normal world when you know kids are at school how difficult is it though for you to be a professional athlete train be a mother to Marlon um Who's at school, obviously, on in normal situations, but as a pro athlete, you have to travel. I mean, that's just the way it is. You need to travel to races. Um, do you have a really do you have a good support network around you that you can use? So when you need to go to races, does 
do you always take Marlon out of school and take him with you or is he able to stay with grandparents? Um, it's always really interesting for our listeners to know how a professional female athlete who is also a mother, how that you are able to balance yeah, yeah. the two. Yeah, well, that was the way we did it when he was uh, little. So I took mm -hmm. him everywhere and most of the time took, I took my sister with me. Um, oh, so okay, right. I knew that he's in good hands and... Um, yeah, I can do my training and um, be, yeah, not think about it. So I, that's the most important thing, or that stays until, until uh, also when they get older. I think when you know that they are in good hands, you can concentrate on, on your own. And if they are not, it's, it's not possible. Like, that was also hard for the, in, the, in the last three months when, when you know oh, he's sitting at home and doing his homeschooling um, alone and I yeah. here and yeah tried to go for a run that, that didn't really feel good that was just um didn't feel right I, I want him to yeah also enjoy learning and schooling and um uh so that was really yeah tough tough time but I think normal normally we really do have a very good balance so I have yeah a really good family um, surrounding who is, yeah, they are all helping. And of course he's, he's getting bigger. I can't take him out of school and um, it's, it's, it stays very hard to when, when I, when I am on a training camp and it, it, it's, it is long to be away for one or two weeks. But then I think mm. um, there are other jobs um that are much yeah, harder. So I, when I am at home, I am really flexible and um, can do or can can yeah spend my time as I want. So this is really a privilege, I think. Yeah. And we do have a lot of quality time, especially in the last <laughs> three weeks. Oh, in the last. That's right. Exactly. I think I think we've all had a lot of quality time. That's for sure. <laughs> and Danny, does it does it af not affect, but does it? When you're obviously sitting down with your coach and planning out different races, um, are you more likely to, to stay put and do races in Europe rather than travel, for example, because it's just easier for you to then only take a week away for a race and come straight back? Yeah, that's that's definitely one one reason why I'm rather racing um, uh, in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. When I started, what, what I was telling uh, before, um, I was I really liked the fact of combining travel and uh, and racing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, travel and and racing. So I actually I did my first uh, seventy point three in Cancun. <laughs> oh wow! Party, <laughs> party Central. <laughs> I took the the prize money to um, yeah to make the next trip and. It was at that time where you still could qualify with just one race. So I, I came second and qualified for um, the World Championships in, in um, Clearwater. Oh, wow. <laughs> the prize money and, yeah, to travel to travel there. And um, I really like that kind of uh, lifestyle. But, of course, this is not possible anymore. So we are usually really having quite a strict season plan. Um, yeah. And yeah, to know so I I have to know where 
Marlon is or where he can go or for example now we have six weeks uh, summer holidays and I want to do a training uh, camp or the first training camp um, so I'm doing 10 days uh, of, of training camp and he, he can go to my sister at the time and uh, yeah and after that to his dad so he's all, also having a good time and then yeah, I, it's good yeah, that's, that's when I know I can concentrate and yeah so you've got a pretty you've got it worked out yeah it sounds like you've got this completely under control so it's it's good yeah and I think which is also a right, very good thing my coach he's got um, four kids <laughs> uh, so he understands exactly he understands yeah 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 super important far out it makes a big difference yeah and talking about um training camps where is your favorite place to go um well if i if it wasn't that far away i would definitely go back to nusa and also, <laughs> also to wanaka I oh yeah yeah, and five weeks beautiful. Wanaka, Wanaka, even for me, I mean, Wanaka is literally only a two and a half hour flight for me, obviously in New Zealand, but it is still one of the most spectacular places on this earth. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. A little cold, a little cold there right now. Yeah. I know Braden Curry, uh, who lives there, um, it got down. I think he went for a swim in Lake Wanaka a couple of days ago. It was six degrees, so oh. it's it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would plan a summer. <laughs> yeah, summer only. That's right. Too far away. So for training camp, um, I I prefer or I um, my favorite island is uh, Mallorca, Mallorca, which is only yeah, yeah. a two hour flight away, and it feels like like home. I know every every road, every road there, and which wow. also very nice um, was I, I've been there for the first time this year um, was Girona. This was um, in ah. I was in February, and um, it felt like Mallorca, but with, without uh, traffic. <laughs> so I really, I really liked uh, the riding, and um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. But then I I think I catch one of the last flights back home <laughs> before the wow. So when when were you in Girona? Right before everything went crazy. It, yeah, at the Aye. end. Interesting. Look, I, I mean, obviously, uh, Jan Fredino lives there, Nick Castellane. There's quite a, I know Laura Siddle spends a lot of time in Girona. I know Luke and Beth McKenzie were planning a huge trip, European trip this year, um, and they were planning just to, to base themselves in Girona. And it, it, it does look like a very special place, and it's almost, I, I think it's becoming um, like the boulder of, of, of USA for triathletes. I know cyclists have been going to Girona for years, but... It seems like a place that, that triathletes are really looking to go to. Yeah, it's beautiful. You have to try. <laughs> have to I go. definitely want to try. I wish I could get on a plane tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I would love to go back to, to – I mean, Spain for me, um, the last few years of my career I spent we, – we lived in um, Marbella in Spain. We have quite a few good friends that live there, and I absolutely love Spain. I think it's one of my favourite European countries by far. I just love the lifestyle. So I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the greatest for training, but for me, for, at the end of my career, it was perfection. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's true. And also Australia, but that's for just going there for training camp, it's too far away. <laughs> uh, it is. It's a long – I mean, Australia is a long way away from anything, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. 
But yeah, we, where we are here in Noosa, it's it's we don't really have a winter, so it's 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 good for that. I mean, I know a lot of the New Zealanders come over here for our winter, and they treat it like a summer camp. So it just shows you we don't we don't really know what winter is here on the Sunshine Coast. Now, maybe if it's happening that Kona takes place and that I and I'm qualified, I might. I might, might have to. Might, you won't be the only one. So that's it's a good it's a good place to be. That's right. Perfect weather. Perfect conditions here in uh, January, February. Um, almost identical to what Kona is. Yeah. Not much difference at all. But Danny, as a professional female long distance athlete in Germany, and I say this because obviously I've been going to Germany now. I think for almost 15, 16 years. Um, do you feel there's a lot of pressure? Obviously, um, triathlon in Germany is big. Uh, I, I know you probably think there are other sports that are bigger, for, but for outsiders looking in, German triathletes actually, and I have to be careful how I say this, I'm not going to say you've got it easy because you don't, but you it is, it is a, a popular sport. You get looked after. You've got great sponsors. As we mentioned earlier, you know, Erdinger have looked after you since the beginning. Um, and I know a lot of athletes from other countries look at the German athletes, male and female, and think, wow, you know, the German athletes have got it good. But with that, I mean, obviously you've got some phenomenal athletes, both male and female. What's the pressure like? Because obviously when you've got so many great athletes and, and great sponsor potential sponsorships available what's the pressure like to continue to keep your sponsors and to and to continually keep performing well i think we definitely do have very good conditions so that's, mm. that's definitely true um about the pressure i think it's um you always make it yourself so yeah <laughs> yeah true self-made um and It is definitely one of the biggest challenges the professional athletes do have to deal with. So um, I I did have really hard times. So for example, after after 2018, which was a really good uh, season, so I had the the win in Roth and also Ironman Italy. I was qualified already for Kona, and I thought, well, now it's it's going to be easy <laughs> to um, yeah yeah. For the for the next season, but then I felt uh, I'm, I I put I put on a lot of pressure on myself because I wanted to of course to improve and to it's really hard to to improve such a year and mm -hmm. so I think yeah this um, showed me that that you really make make it yourself and um, the the pressure so. Um, I think that's something you have to learn, like like everyone has. Um, yeah. Also now, it's of course I want to be in the best shape of my life when when the races are are coming closer, um, like like everyone does. But um, on the other hand, I think it's it's always about the balance. So it's we are not only athletes but also human <laughs> human beings. Yes, exactly. And, I want to do this um, for, for not only for for the next season, but but for yeah the years to come. I don't know. Yeah, and um, I want to also enjoy yeah the rest of not 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 just the 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 training and the racing, but also also yeah enjoy the other things in life. And I think that's something um, the last 
three months uh, showed. So they are not only bad things um, we we had to <laughs> had to learn. Um, yeah, that it's not only about not always only about um, about yeah winning and getting better and there are important more important things. So I think it, it's it's always self made. Yeah, I like it. I, I just always, I mean, I remember it was an eye-opener when I first, as, as a, I think I did challenge Roth for the first time in 2004 and I, I hadn't been a professional athlete that long and that was certainly my first time to Europe and I was blown away even back then with just the professionalism um, of the sport itself and the athletes involved, the professional athletes involved way back then in 2004 Um in Germany and it was a real eye-opener for me and I don't think even though I'd been a professional athlete for a, a couple of years before then I think I was kidding myself I don't think I really understood exactly what it meant to be a professional athlete till I went to Germany for the first time because um, I think you the, the female the male and female athletes in Germany really understand what it's what it's all about and I think it's really helped the rest of the world realize what being a professional athlete is all about so it's been it's been a fairly a pretty cool journey for me personally as an athlete um, to see that progression. Um, yeah, now, <laughs> it is it is it's really interesting and 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 interesting for me because I mean obviously Australian athletes are renowned for being fairly laid back. Um, that's not to say that they don't train just as hard as any other athletes in the world, but they have a fairly laid back attitude. And I know for a lot of Australian athletes when they've gone to Germany for the Bundesliga. For the first time, um, it's taken them some time to get into it because you know we used to joke when we come home from Germany about how all the German athletes it was always about facts and figures and numbers and it's like it, this is crazy why can't we just go out and train because we love it or just who cares what our heart rate's saying or who cares what the numbers are but it's always about the factors it's always about the figures um, but you really you guys really did pave the way for what it takes to be. A professional athlete and to be the best that you can be um so for me personally germany is one of those countries that really you you're the key country for for where our sport is today for sure <laughs> that's interesting yeah to yeah. see it from that uh, perspective well i yeah. think it's always important to keep the balance between both so yeah you I do too. go just go out for a run and just run or for yeah. the love of running exactly take, exactly take your your watts all the time but of course no. when it's getting uh, race specific um there need to be intervals in the right uh, in the right intensity so um you you have to keep you have to you always have to keep the balance because if you only do do yeah only do the number thing <laughs> i think you can be um mentally You yeah. go crazy. Yeah. Well, it's funny, Danny, because the first athlete that, for me personally, that broke that mold um, from that just that all about numbers and, and every session had to have a purpose and you had to, you had numbers set for that particular session. And the first athlete that I met that seemed to stray away from that just a bit was was Sebastian Kinlay with Sebi, and he was an absolute breath of fresh air because. He did it not only because he wanted to be the best, and he still does, but because he absolutely loved it as well and because he does race with emotion as well as race because he there are, he wants to do – he wants to – a certain outcome, for example. But so for me 
personally, Sebi was the first one to sort of break that that traditional German mold where it was always about <laughs> facts and figures and nothing else mattered. Um, and then Sebi came on the scene. It's like, ah, yeah, this is perfect. And since then, yeah, it seems to have changed just a little bit. I mean, you know, when you've been in the sport as long as me, you, you do see this progression. And uh, I, I think now a lot more athletes in Germany are racing with with heart and with the head, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Now we've got a – just before I let you go, because I told you we'd run over time because I can't stop talking to you um, and I have a, a bad habit with talking too long. Um, we have got a few questions from listeners um, that we put out there and one of them was – it's quite an inter- interesting one from Jay. Um, how did you know – when it was time to go from age grouper to professional athlete? And it is a question that we get quite often. I mean, I started in the sport as, as an age group athlete. And, you know, when do you actually know that it's time to, to start racing professionally or that this is what you want to, to do in, in life? You want to make it your profession? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. And I think you first have to define a professional athlete <laughs> because yes, true. In, in Germany you get a professional license quite easy so you have to be yeah. um, have to be a good athlete but you can yeah you can r- race in the professional fields quite easy so for me it was um, like I told after I I was in Nusa I was just about I wanted to give it a try and I wanted to see right from the beginning beginning where can I be in the in the pro field so I I I raced uh, 70.3 Monaco but I had a crash so my my brakes were broken and I was on the second place and after that I thought okay I want to do I want to try and I raced to um I traveled to Cancun like like I told um, I did Cancun and then uh, the world championships uh, in in Clearwater and um but i didn't feel professional i i was just it was i wanted to give it a try and see how yeah. where can i be and the first real professional year was four years later so um after i i was one year in the in the newcomer team of erdinger and then um yeah started uh, in 2013 I think when you have when you have sponsors and or starting to when it makes somehow it makes when it makes sense. So it's not all about the money. That's not that's not what I'm saying. But no, when you feel it makes sense to um, really concentrate on on that one thing. So when you when you don't yeah. do anything, uh, yeah, when you don't have to do to work or do other things um, to to keep to to uh, save your living. So. Um, I mean, that's right. Yep. And I, I think you cannot plan to become professional. It, it somehow it, it has to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It's an interesting. I mean, obviously, I started as an age group athlete too. And if it hadn't have been for for my husband now, who back then was was my partner, he was he actually I didn't have any intention of becoming a professional athlete. I was just going to do it for fun. Um, and it wasn't until he put it in my head uh, and told me that it could be possible. So it's it's interesting how everyone's got a different story. And, and then, of, co- of course, we've got athletes, Danny, that have never been age group athletes. They've just gone straight from, uh, say, a professional swimming background straight into a professional triathlon, yeah. a triathlon background. I so. think it has to do a lot with your expectations. So yeah. 
if you only want to give it a try or just yeah do it for fun um of course you can do it but that's that's not like i wouldn't say the, my my first uh, three years they were not professional, professional. <laughs> um, but um yeah when you really uh have uh, have your goals and want want to do it then i think you can you can give it a try <laughs> of course and now another question we've got is and this is interesting because obviously with a little bit more time now at home particularly now since since march um do you and heather's written do you incorporate any strength training or yoga into your weekly routine obviously we know as a professional triathlete you swim bike run that is what you do week in week out but have you do you normally include a strength um, training or some sort of yoga or body movement routine? Yeah, normally I do um, strength training uh, during the winter, and then it's rather getting uh, athletics and and yoga um, yep. during the season. Um, yeah, but now I, as I haven't been in the gym for the last three months, uh, we we plan to do another strength block so I'm, I'm just about to start I've, I've just been there yesterday for the first time ah, perfect um, of course I'm, I'm always doing uh, yeah athletics and core training and yoga which you can do at home but I don't have a home gym so um, we, we're gonna start this uh, from from now again yeah. so that yeah because the gyms of the gyms of course have reopened down now in Germany yeah yeah they are reopened ah, perfect and then one from Quentin, um, obviously he states it's been a crazy year, but it's starting to look hopeful, as we said, we love that word, hopeful, uh, that there will be some races taking place later this year. And have you already started thinking about this? I know we've touched on this in the call already. Um, and where is your first racing looking likely to be? Well, yeah, the hoping. <laughs> hoping. If, if they take place. The first, the first race would be um, Challenge Submarine, and after that, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> maybe yeah. one or two seventy point three races if they take place in Europe, and then one of the the Ironman races, um, Hamburg, uh, Ironman Austria, or Ironman Nice, or Ironman Frankfurt if it's if it goes ahead, yeah. yeah, and that's purely to try and to try and qualify for. The Ironman World Championships in February. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and one question, Mark has written: Will you? Is there a possibility that you will race Challenge Roth in twenty twenty one? That's a tough one. Um, yeah, a possibility, of course. Of course, there's always. <laughs> um, it really depends on um, on how it. Uh, yeah, it's all. Going ahead now in 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 the, in the in the second half of the year, because of course I I wish I could do it, um, but I don't want to squeeze it in. So no, no, um, you want if you go, you want to do it properly, of course. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's it's not going to be the fifth long distance race, not <laughs> definitely not. But no. uh, let's say if there are no races or if I'm not able to qualify, I might uh, I might do. A qualify race for October and then there's a big chance for for Roth as well because I definitely want to go back but um, yeah this is too many 
Too uh, many right here, I know. It's, it, it, it's an interesting thing, though, Danny. It, it, I mean, obviously 2020, no races, but 2021, it's going to be fascinating to see what the professional athletes actually do. I mean, obviously we don't know what the qualification process is yet for Ironman and for the world champs. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the pro triathletes, I'm sure there'll be many pro triathletes that just want to get out there and race and we'll see some racing back to back to back to back to back. I mean, I know an athlete like Joe Skipper, it's not unusual for him to do five full distance races in a year anyway. Um, so I'm sure we're going to have that athlete that just wants to get out there and race every other weekend. Um, and then you're going to have other athletes that just stick to the schedule and stick to what they know and what works for them. So I'm actually quite excited about 2021 because I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting also to see um, if everyone, uh, yeah, got, uh, everyone could, could deal with this situation. I mean, true. I mean, absolutely. You, you've, you've just, that's a really good point. I mean, we're just thinking that everyone's going to be fun and dandy, but there's, there's a, it will be interesting to see what pro athletes actually haven't made it through that have just said, you know what, this is too much. I mean, I know there were quite a few athletes that are towards the end of their career and they were using this year was their retirement year and that's just been blown out of the window. I've got other female athletes that were looking to start a family next year. Yeah. This year was going to be a big year of racing and then next year they start a family. So what happens to them now? So, you know, fascinating, really, we don't even think of this. We just think, oh, yeah, we'll just get through this year and then everything will start up as normal next year. But for the, for some athletes, that's just not the case. Yeah, for sure. I mean... For me, it is. I I don't want, or I I do want to make this decision by myself. I don't want the virus to no to make the decision for you. Absolutely, will definitely um, come back. But it's it's really, of course, it is frustrating. I'm in the let's say in the best best age. Prime, yeah, you're in the prime of your, of your career. You really are. No, that's that's true. Yeah, there's also also for me, there's uh, family. Uh, yeah yeah plans in the back of my head somewhere so um absolutely it's it's really hard but i think um it's even harder for the olympian athletes yeah um, yeah it, they don't know if it's next year or if it's in five years so this is even oh, yeah it's crazy at least yeah that's right at least ours is only year by year yeah a big difference it's yeah and and some things that i haven't even thought of and you know, I think I've thought of everything and then I'm like, oh, that's right. That's going to affect them as well. So it is going to be interesting, that's for sure. And um, I just I just hope, you know, as, as the mother hen of, of, triath of the triathlon world, I just hope that all the athletes make it back next year and that they can at least have one more year of, of racing before things change or that they take a different path. Um, I know I will definitely see you on the race course next year, which is very exciting. So that's good. And you're still so young. You've got years left, Danny, years left. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I hope to see you <laughs> soon as well. Maybe in, in, in Daytona in December. <laughs> that would be, yeah. And that's that's one race that um I know that if there's any race that we want to try and get to go ahead this year, it's uh, Challenge Daytona the PTO champs in December. So, yes, that's one that we are definitely crossing fingers and hoping it goes ahead. But, yeah, I know that the, the team teams involved with that race are really working extremely hard to make sure that's going to be a phenomenal event for, for not just the age group athletes but obviously the professional athletes as well. Yeah. Well, listen, Danny, I won't leave you any longer. I told you it was going to be 45 minutes and we're already at 
<laughs> for an hour, but oh, that's just the way it is. I've always got lots of things to talk about to you. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, I really hope I get to see you at least sometime in 2020. That's for sure. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm planning for, that I get to see you in 2020. Um, so stay safe till then. And thank you so much for talking. Yeah, stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening to Coffee Calls with Belinda. I really hope you enjoyed listening. If you'd like to continue listening and stay updated on our latest podcasts, then please subscribe. It would also be great if you could rate our podcast and leave us a review. If you have any specific questions you'd like me to ask the athletes, then please send through to the following email address, podcast at challenge slash family dot com. The making of these podcasts would not be possible without the wonderful help of our great partners. Powerbar, Otso, Zone 3, Lubos Billick at LB Training, Sport No Limit Group and VeloSoc. But for now, thanks so much for listening and I'll be back soon for another coffee.